Welcome back to the Practicology Podcast. This is episode 94, and today we're joined by a good friend of mine, a dear brother. His name is Jeswan Jayasurya, and he and his wife, Debbie Ann, serve the Lord out there in Vancouver. And Jeswan, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Great to be with you, Mike. Um, I've enjoyed listening to the teaching from you and Matthew on the podcast over the past year or so, and I'm excited about the opportunity to participate in an episode with you. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is the patriarch Jacob. In fact, we named our son Jacob Benjamin and our youngest daughter Josephine out of our enthusiasm about this man and his family. And over the past year, I've been studying through his life, and I'd like to share some of the things I've learned with you and your listeners. Well, you're a much more spiritual man than I am, Jeswin. Uh, I'm afraid I tried naming my children off of characters from Lord of the Rings. My wife wouldn't let me name their first names after those characters, but I did manage to smuggle the name Arwen into the middle name of my second daughter. But tell us, why should we be interested in the life of Jacob? Why should we want to study it? What can we learn from him? Last September, I saw an interesting Instagram post by Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a the former starting quarterback of the New England Patriots and also a former NFL MVP. And at the start of training camp, Cam received permission from the team to travel to Florida to get a second opinion on an earlier injury. While Cam was away from the team, their newly drafted quarterback, Mac Jones, played really well. And so the Patriots decided to pick Mac over Cam, and Cam had the raw deal of being released from the team. And so on the day of the first game of the season, Cam dressed up in his fine threads per his game day tradition and posted a picture on Instagram with the caption, no team, no problem. You're still going to get this gleaming drip. I'm blessed. I'm fresh. And the words I'm blessed is what caught my attention. Even though Cam was feeling the pain of not playing that day, he could still say I'm blessed. And Cam had to realize in a difficult circumstance that blessing is bigger than being the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. In a similar way, Jacob goes through unexpected challenges in life. These challenges cause him to reevaluate what it means to be blessed. And out of trials, God gives Jacob a new perspective on blessing. You and I also experience curveballs in life that cause us to reevaluate what it means to be blessed. And the life of Jacob is essential for us to study because it grounds us by giving us a biblical perspective on what it means to be blessed. Well, that is refreshing to hear uh, this this quarterback say he was blessed in a difficult circumstance. I think we're more used to hearing people say they're blessed when everything's going well. Uh, someone's business is prospering and they say, yeah, the Lord's really blessing us. Um, but that just makes other people whose businesses aren't prospering maybe wonder, well, does that mean that the Lord isn't blessing me? So I, I think this is really important, Jesuit. I'm glad you're speaking to it. We do need a biblical perspective on blessing. And uh, going to Jacob for this is, is excellent because blessing is a, is a major theme in his story in Genesis. So uh, maybe you can tell us then, how does God work to bring about this correct understanding of blessing in Jacob? Yeah, so before his birth, God chooses Jacob over Esau as the heir to the blessing of Abraham. And as a result, Jacob's life becomes defined by the pursuit of blessing. As a young man, Jacob thinks that God's blessing is found in power and prosperity, and he tries to achieve these things by scheming to achieve blessing. 
But through the school of hard knocks, Jacob discovers that blessing, true blessing, is experienced in God's faithful presence and in participating in God's redemptive purposes. In addition, Jacob discovers that blessing is not achieved in his strength, but is given by the grace of God and received through faith. Out of this new understanding of blessing, Jacob grows from a self-reliant schemer into a God-dependent worshiper. Well, that's a perspective changer for sure uh, for me and probably for many of us. You packed quite a bit into that summary there, Jeswin, and I, I assume you're going to be unpacking that a little bit throughout this episode and maybe the next as well. But for now, what I'm hearing from you is that the result of this new understanding of blessing is Jacob's spiritual growth. That's right. And as we gain a proper understanding of blessing, we too will experience spiritual growth. And that's the practical thrust I'd like to bring through these uh, through this podcast is to help us develop some uh, a good understanding of blessing that will produce spiritual growth in our own lives. And so the first episode, I'd like to look at three episodes in Jacob's life that teaches about blessing. And the first episode is Jacob's birth and youth. In this episode, we discover that Jacob's life is defined by wrestling. In fact, Jacob begins wrestling even before he is born. According to Hosea chapter 12, Jacob took his brother by the heel in the womb. And in Genesis 26, Jacob is holding on to Esau's heel as he is being born. I can imagine that was painful for Rebecca. And Jacob's parents see this his heel grabbing as being as he's born and they name him Jacob, which literally means heel grabber and metaphorically means cheater. In the beginning of his life, we find Jacob living up to his unsavory name. Although Jacob has the right motives, he has wrong, wrong methods. Jacob is a spiritual man for desiring the blessing of Abraham, unlike Esau, who despises the blessing of Abraham. But instead of waiting on God, Jacob tries to obtain the blessing according to his own wisdom and timing. And Jacob first takes advantage of his brother's hunger to cheat him out of the birthright. He hopes that by gaining the birthright, he can position himself to receive the blessing. But ultimately, this proves unsuccessful. And so Jacob moves to plan B, which is to steal the blessing by disguising himself as Esau and deceiving his father. The end result of all this is unexpected consequences. Isaac's initial blessing falls short of the blessing of Abraham, and Esau is provoked to the point that he intends to murder Jacob. Jacob ends up having to flee from home to save his own skin. This brings us to the first lesson about blessing in this passage, and it is that, like Jacob, we can have good intentions and spiritual desires, but when we rely on self instead of waiting on God to bless us, the end result is painful consequences. And there's a second important lesson on the nature of blessing here. If you read carefully, we'll see that Isaac blesses Jacob twice. The first blessing is in the flesh when Isaac thinks that he's in fact blessing Esau. And this blessing is materialistic and emphasizes power and prosperity. Blessing there is about elevating Esau above other people. But the second blessing, when Isaac intentionally blesses Jacob, it has a spiritual focus. And this time, Isaac gives the blessing of Abraham to Jacob. And this is different from the initial blessing because the blessing is not about elevating Jacob above others, but it's about Jacob becoming a channel of God's blessing to the nations around them. 
And the point is that God doesn't bless us simply for our own personal benefit. He blesses us to make us channels of his redemptive blessing to the world. God's blessing is for the furtherance of his glory, not ours. Well, you're already changing our perspective on blessing here, uh, Jeswin, um, by placing blessing in, in context of, of God's big story. And, you know, we're, we're not meant to be cul-de-sacs or dead ends for God's blessing. We're, God's blessing isn't meant to hit us and stop there, but God blesses us, as you're saying, in order so that that blessing might flow on to others. And uh, I think we see this in Genesis 12 when God blesses Abraham. He says, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We see it at various points in the Bible. Um, just read Psalm 67 not long ago where God's people say, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And then that your name may be known on earth. So bless us so that you can bless others through us. Well, what's next in Jacob's life? You said three episodes there, Jeswin. You've had us at episode one. What's the next episode in his life? Yeah, the, the next place is Bethel. And Bethel is perhaps the most significant place in Jacob's life. As Jacob is fleeing from his brother Esau, he's distressed and afraid. And so we see in this scene, uh, it begins with the sun setting in a dark and lonely place, with Jacob settling in for the night with a rock for a pillow. And in this, in this place of Jacob's fear and, and failure, he has an unexpected vision. And this vision is, is presented to us kind of like a, a video camera in a movie that pans from one shot to the next. And with each shot, the uh, message is intensified. And so the first shot um, is the shot of the ladder. And the, and the text says, Jacob beholds a ladder. And then we see the camera moving and it says he beheld the angels on the ladder. And then finally, the, the camera pans up and it says, he beheld the Lord above the ladder. But these three beholds are not the, the climax. It's actually a fourth behold. The fourth and climactic behold says uh, is when God speaks. And we see the voice of God and it says, Behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and bring thee back into this land, for I will not leave thee until that I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And so this intensification of the scene through the words behold point us to the blessing that God is, is given Jacob. And that is the blessing of God's presence. Behold, I am with thee. And Jacob responds to this blessing and to this vision with worship. He takes the stone that he used for a pillow, sets it as a pillar, and anoints it with oil. Then he names the place Bethel, which means house of God. Finally, he makes a vow to return to Bethel and worship if God protects him on his journey and brings him home in safety. There's some important lessons about blessing in this scene. First of all, Bethel teaches us that the foundation of blessing is the grace of God. You see, Jacob had tried to scheme for blessing and failed. He tried to get it in his own strength. But as he's arriving at Bethel, Jacob is not scheming for blessing. He's not praying or, or looking for blessing in any way. Bethel is the place of his failure. He's simply distressed and exhausted and fleeing. And in this place of Jacob's fear and failure, God meets Jacob and blesses him with the blessing of Abraham. And remarkably, God calls the blessing stealer to become the blessing giver, saying, In thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This unexpected blessing teaches Jacob that blessing is not earned or taken by schemes, but is grounded in the grace of God. 
It's important for us to remember that blessing is grounded not in our merit, but in the grace of God. Sometimes we view God's blessing as transactional. If I act correctly, God will bless me. If I sin, then God will punish me. And although our actions do have consequences, Bethel reminds us that God blesses us not because we are worthy, but despite our unworthiness. We don't have to live in a constant state of trying to earn God's approval and favor. God loves us unconditionally, and each blessing God gives us, beginning with salvation, is freely given by the grace of God. Yeah, that's a great point there, Jeswin. Uh, I think often we convey to others the impression, you know, just read your Bible and pray every day and have a quiet time and attend the meetings, and then God's going to bless you with the marriage and the job and the college that you want and everything. But this this passage you're taking us to does not go like this. You know, Jacob had his quiet time and he did all the things right. And then God met him and blessed him. Jacob's on the run. This is Jacob behaving poorly in many, many ways. And so uh, you're absolutely right. Um, foundationally, God's blessing us is is based on his grace, not on our performance. And there's another important lesson about blessing here. Um, and Bethel teaches us that the heart of blessing is the presence of God. When Jacob reflects on this moment uh, 30 years later, he's actually at Bethel again in, uh, 30 years later. And in chapter 35, um, he says, Let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answers me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. You see, at the first time Jacob's at Bethel, he's got nothing. He's, he's running away. He's just got a staff in hand. But the second time, when Jacob is going to Bethel, 30 years later in chapter 35, he has the family, he has servants, he has wealth, he has everything in, uh, in, that you could want in life. But as Jacob reflects on his life and goes back to Bethel, what does he say? He says that God is the God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way in which I went. Jacob's reflection of blessing is that the greatest blessing is that God was faithful to him and was with him each step of the way. And so when we think of this, uh, it's important because it will show us that the blessing isn't the material possessions that God gives us, but it is God's faithful presence in our lives. And this will ground us by uh, helping us understand that blessing is not circumstantially driven. I'm not blessed just when life is going smoothly. But I am blessed in every situation of life, and in particular in the challenging moments of life, because God is with me. And so the heart of blessing is God's faithful, abiding presence in our lives. Amen. These are two great lessons here. They're worth repeating. The foundation of God's blessing is his grace, not our goodness. Part of his blessing is his presence. So uh, to go back to the example I mentioned earlier, Jeswin, that person whose business isn't prospering. Well, if he or she has the presence of God, has the Holy Spirit indwelling them, that person can say, I'm blessed too. No, my business isn't doing great, but I'm blessed. Why? Because the heart of blessing is uh, is the very presence of God in one's life. So that's episodes one and two in the life of Jacob. What do you have for episode three? All right. So episode three is Jacob's 20-year stay in the house of Laban. The prominent theme in this section is the theme of work. First, Jacob is working for a wife, 
And then uh, the, the narrative actually presents Jacob working for children because he's got three wives, four wives through whom he's producing children. And then finally, he's working for a flock. In each aspect of Jacob's work, he experiences frustration. First, in being cheated out of his bride, Rachel. Then, secondly, in Rachel's barrenness. And then thirdly, in Laban's attempts to cheat him out of his wages. And God uses this time of discipline in Jacob's life to teach him the important lesson, lesson that blessing is not a result of Jacob's work, but it's a result of God's work on Jacob's behalf. You see, Jacob's a very capable person. I, I remember Old Testament scholar Bruce Wacke, uh saying that Jacob would have been a Rhodes Scholar today. He's a very intelligent man and he's a very physically strong man. And Jacob thinks that any problem in life he can overcome on his own strength. And so he doesn't rely on the Lord. And so God has to bring him to the point in life where he encounters a problem that he can't solve on his own. And that problem is the barrenness of Rachel. In Rachel's infertility, Jacob meets an obstacle to blessing that he cannot overcome by his own efforts or schemes. And so when God intervenes in the situation to overcome Rachel's barrenness, Jacob begins to recognize that blessing is a result of God's work on his behalf and not Jacob's schemes. When Jacob opens his eyes to this, his perspective begins to change. And Jacob's final years in the house of Laban become a period of spiritual growth as he recognizes God's work on his behalf. In those years, Laban really cranks up his um, his persecution of of Jacob and deceives him out of his wages and tries to cheat him. But in all of these uh, trials, Jacob experiences God working on his behalf, preserving him from Laban's harm. And Jacob recognizes this and he testifies to his wife. And he actually testifies to Laban that God has intervened and preserved, um, preserved me from Laban's harm. And so Jacob recognizes that blessing is not a result of his efforts, but God's intervention, who looks on, on Jacob in his, in his affliction and helps him and raises him up. Jacob's understanding of the work of God becomes memorialized in a place called Mizpah. At Mizpah, Jacob raises another pillar, and he calls it Mizpah, which means watchtower. And to Jacob, Mizpah becomes a testimony to God's watchfulness over Jacob, to, to preserve him from harm and to bless him. Mitzvah presents us an important lesson on blessing, and that is simply God is working to bless us. God is working to bless us. Why is that important? Because it shifts our posture from working for blessing to watching for blessing. Our natural tendency is to be initiators in terms of blessing. We want to pursue it. We want to take the lead. We want to work for it. And that was Jacob's initial experience. But Jacob learned that our pursuit of blessing should begin by watching for God's work, watching for his lead in blessing us. And when we focus on listening for God and watching him work, we will become sensitive to his leading in blessing and discover blessing in unexpected ways. The end result of all of this is that, like Jacob, we will be able to testify about God's faithfulness in our affliction and God's blessing in our lives. Well, thanks, Jeswin, for bringing us this teaching on blessing from Jacob's life. And uh, listeners, 
Uh, you can look forward to a week or two from now when we're going to have Jeswin back on to finish these thoughts and uh, help us to further recalibrate our thinking of God's blessing in our lives. Until that time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in the enjoyment of all his blessings for you in Christ. Mm-hmm.